You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, episode 73. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. So just as a warning before we get jumping into the episode, we are in our uh, you know home office uh, recording this. Our dog is with us as well. He's... Um, He's always with us. We can't really go anywhere without him, um, but he's laying on the floor with a bone. So if you hear any strange noises or any banging around, he's just either repositioning or trying to find another bone. We can't really go anywhere without him. And he's happy as long as we're close by. In some ways, he's kind of like our first dog because our other one was a poodle, which they always say, once you have a poodle, all the other ones are just dogs. So he was completely different from this one. So... Yeah, he comes, he follows us everywhere. So if you hear him chewing, it's he's chewing on a bone. Thank goodness he doesn't chew on other things. It's just his bones. Yeah, no shoes, you know, no no clothes, no furniture, just bones. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we're good. We're lucky about that. All right. So on uh, this episode and the next few, there was a, uh, some kind of a, you and I, we know enough to be dangerous when it comes to SEO and Google and all that kind of stuff. But there was a some kind of conspiracy thing about, you know, alternative health websites not getting the traffic. We're not really sure if that was real or not, but, you know, there's some other prominent websites in this space that were kind of commenting on that. There was a recent Google update just a few weeks ago, and we've noticed that there was a significant drop in our traffic, you know, based on what they call Google Analytics. For those of you that run websites, you know what Google Analytics is. But now we've had a, without doing really anything different, just our normal, uh, we've seen a nice little uptick in our traffic. And as a result of that, we've got a a kind of a a mini flood of questions as of late. So we thought a really good way as we're just kind of wrapping up the end of 2019 would be to answer some of those questions. We feel some of these questions are very good. And as the adage goes, if you have that question, there's probably, especially on a podcast, you know, there's probably, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of other people that have a similar question. And because this one, we think this one and a few of the other ones that we're going to be doing, we feel like there's a lot of, a lot that can be pulled from that. Everybody else can benefit from that question as well. So Dr. Davidson, why don't you read the question and we'll go from there. Okay, so this question is from Michelle. Her comment is, I am 52 years old, going through menopause since age 48. I had a hysterectomy at age 36 and kept my ovaries for the hormones. My ovaries are non-functional now. I was on Premarin, but when I sought out a specialist for hormone therapy, I was prescribed estradiol 0.5, estriol 1 milligram, which is technically biased. It's the combination of estriol and estradiol. And this is actually a, a yeah, estradiol was 0.5 milligrams. Estriol is one milligram. And she's also taking 100 milligrams of progesterone. I take this at night. I've had a weight gain of 40 pounds and suffer from anxiety at night since starting menopause. I was prescribed propranolol, which that is a blood, technically a blood pressure medication, but it does help with reducing anxiety. But she was prescribed the propranolol for this, and it seems to take the edge off. I have poor sleep as well, where I used to sleep very well. What am I missing? Am I on the right track? I feel deconditioned fatigue, 
and brain fog to mention a few. I feel poorly when I used to be a happy, healthy person. Please help with recommendations. Would testosterone help? My levels were not terrible enough to prescribe. Yeah, so there's a lot. She's asking kind of a couple of straightforward questions. I mean, am I missing something? We think that she is. We'll get but to that course, in a second. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, and we can't really give medical advice, but we can certainly offer our opinion. Michelle is certainly not our patient, but we see some issues with this. And the testosterone question, interestingly enough, that's something that comes up. Women are asking about testosterone quite often, and it's a trend that we see. A lot of women come to us after having been on testosterone, and we're not necessarily quite in the same agreement as, as what other practitioners do. So first and foremost, the this issue in general, you know, she's, she's doing all the right things. At least she thinks she's doing all the right things. She's asking, well, what else can she be doing? Because she's not feeling any better. And I'm Dr. Davis, I'm sure you would agree this one comes down to, for the most part, it comes down to a dosing issue. Exactly. So first off, we want to work with that estrogen and the progesterone. We want to get the the doses right for her, for her goals, um, you know, for her symptoms, as opposed to she's wondering, well, maybe testosterone would be it. And really testosterone, a lot of women do take testosterone, but that's not the first thing we want to jump into because we always think of, you know, when you're doing the BHRT, the hormone replacement, we want to create a good foundation, or as I kind of call it, you know, we want to build the cake and then the the testosterone would be like the um, like the frosting on the cake. You wouldn't want to start with that. We want to build it first with that estrogen and that progesterone. So definitely we would change up that dose for that biased. Yeah. And when when you go from a, a commercial conjugated equine estrogen, the Primarin, an oral hormone, and then you switch to biased. Now, granted, we love, we love bioidentical hormones. We use it with all of our patients. But going from Premarin to that is definitely kind of taking a step down in dosage or efficacy. Granted, now there's some less side effects and we encourage, we never prescribe Premarin. We never would, never will, never have. So, however, knowing the transition and like we were talking about as we were preparing for this episode, there's no really good conversion going from that to that. A common dose of Premarin is like 0.625 milligrams. You can't give a woman 0.625 milligrams of bias and expect her to feel the same. She's going to feel probably a lot worse. Oh, I've, I've had lots of women, especially, you know, maybe about 10 years ago, around 2009, 2010, when really a lot of people were converting over because of those studies showing that Premarin is not healthy for females, is I would have women that would come in and of course their doctors would try to transition into something or nothing. They felt awful. I've had women say they their whole lives have been changed because they they were taken off their Premarin. Now we know that's not safe. So that's the thing is when someone's on even any other kind of conventional, like even an estradiol patch, you have to do because the bias or the estriol and the estradiol for the BHRT is so gentle. Is you actually have to start off high on those doses and then work your way down. So with Michelle coming off of Premarin, we would probably do a much higher dose of the bias, the estradiol, and the combination that she's on, do much higher dose. And then over time, titrate it down till her body. Because a lot of times, like Dr. Mackey was saying, when you're taking these oral hormones, they go through your liver and they just eat it up that you can't convert into something so gentle, so low. So definitely we would do a higher dose of the biased and we would for sure do it twice a day. Yeah, right. Now, we don't need to get into too much of the the liver detoxification pathways, but there's what they call the cytochrome P450 system, which is this huge, crazy kind of network, so to speak, of enzymes that are upregulated when you take Primarin. 
And then when you stop that, those enzymes are still upregulated. So your body will, like you say, chew through the, the BHRT dose relatively quickly. So they just you know, really, it, the simple solution is they just need more. And 1.5 milligrams of biased is, for you and I, is really not even basically a starting dose. That's a very, very conservative dose. So the practitioner that prescribed it, you know, should know if you're going from Premarin to biased, you need to increase that quite significantly. Now, that increase or the significant increase that you would go is really based on the person. It's based on their symptom picture. And it's a little bit of kind of, you know, I wouldn't call it guesswork on the practitioner side, more based on experience to know that that transition is going to make them feel worse. So you're, you're kind of overshooting the mark because let's be honest, what makes a woman a woman is estrogen. In, in a lot of cases, especially in menopause, the more she has, the better she's going to feel. And I think that's what's going on in this case for sure. And then like I had mentioned about doing it twice a day, because the BHRT, the, the bioidentical hormones are so awesome. I mean, they're great, but they're very gentle and they don't have a very long half-life. So if Michelle's putting on her biased cream at night, say 10 o'clock at night, by the time 10 in the morning, noon, one o'clock in the afternoon, it's pretty much gone. So that's why you want to take it twice a day. So definitely I have people take it at night. So it helps with the hot flashes, helps with night sweats, helps with cellular turnover, helps them sleep. And then you take it during the day. That would probably help a lot with her brain fog because one classic symptom in menopause is, and I've had women patients tell me they think they're having dementia or they want to get checked for Alzheimer's because they lose their memory. And it's not and they don't have dementia, they don't have Alzheimer's. It is. It's once that estrogen drops in menopause, the recall is is hard. They'll say, I can't remember the name of that book. What was that author's name? Ask me in five minutes. I'll remember then. They just feel like they just lost that sharpness. So that's why doing the bias, doing the bioidentical hormone estrogen component in the morning, so morning and evening, really helps with that brain function. Yeah, right. Yeah. So always you're, we always have them do, you know, from a biased dosing perspective, what we call a half a gram twice a day. So two clicks twice a day. So they apply two clicks means that they're more than likely going to be given a toppy click from the pharmacy. Um, that's pump. There's, there's so many different ways. Yeah. There's pumps. There's, yeah, there's so yeah. many different, there's jars. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but typically what we like to use is a, is a simple toppy click, two clicks on the bottom of the dispenser, little cream comes out, they apply it in the morning to their thighs only. We don't recommend putting it on your forearms or your wrists, anything like that. So two clicks or a half a gram in the morning and then two clicks or a half a gram in the evening. And now they're, you know, Whatever you apply in the morning is going to get you through the day. What you apply in the evening is going to get you through the night. And then over time, those blood levels should tend to rise a little bit. They're not going to surge. They're not going to go crazy. They're not going to go super high. But you should start to see each dose is building on the previous dose. So now you can hopefully get a sustainable level and now symptoms will start to resolve. And then like Michelle had mentioned on her comment is she's taking progesterone 100 milligrams. I'm assuming that that's probably separate from the biased and as a capsule because that's pretty common as an oral progesterone. 100 milligrams. Now that in itself, we do have women just take once a day. So taking that at night is great because progesterone is very relaxing that if you took it during the day, it could make you sleepy. You know, it could make you tired, feel a little foggy. I've had patients on accident take their progesterone in the morning and they're calling me saying they felt like they drink a drink wine or something. That's because it's, it's a little relaxing. So I definitely always taking that progesterone at night, but the progesterone, typically we do it once a day. 
Yeah, right. And as you're raising the bias dose or the amount of estrogen, the progesterone capsule, we in this uh, situation, we definitely recommend a capsule versus a cream. The progesterone, not only does it provide some of those other benefits, like you said, it's fairly relaxing. It can reduce her anxiety at night. And we may often go up to even up to 200 milligrams in a situation like this because her sleep isn't great and she's still having some nighttime anxiety. So playing around with that, if you have a 100 milligram capsule, it's easy enough to just to add on a second capsule just to see if you feel any better. Yeah, just like Dr. Mackey said, is this really is based on the person. You can't just look at a chart and everybody gets the same, you know, cookie cutter dose. So looking at what works for her, and we do labs. I I do think doing the labs are important, you know, checking her estrogen dose, checking her progesterone dose, and then comparing that objective data with her, you know, with her subjective data is perfect at kind of pulling that together. So I'd say definitely for Michelle as a start is, and if she's worried about raising up her estrogen or her practitioner is unsure, you know, doing a simple blood test to check to see where her levels are at. And then you could raise it up, see how she feels, and then do another blood test to see where her levels are at. So I definitely think coming back to Michelle and her, her main concerns is it really boils down to probably that bias dose. Yeah, I think it needs to be doubled, tripled, or even more to help her not feel like she's tired all the time, all this anxiety. She doesn't mention too much about having any hot flashes or anything like that, but her symptom picture is like super common. Like every, these are the complaints that everyone feels like. And once you start bumping up that estrogen, and this is where, now granted, we'll maybe talk about this on another episode, but this is where you also talk about the the two types of hormone replacement, you're doing static dosing, which is what she's doing, which is what we do most of the time. And the other option is rhythmic dosing, which we do a lot of as well, because again, for women and how they feel, it's really about that estrogen dose and a way to keep them safe, but yet give them the amount of estrogen that their body really wants is the difference between static dosing and rhythmic dosing. We'll, we'll, we'll compare those two on another episode because that is becoming a little bit more popular as, you know, as even in the past, you know, static dosing still is by far the most popular because uh, with unfortunately with rhythmic, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately with rhythmic dosing, you get your period, but Michelle, she had a hysterectomy at 36. In my opinion, she's kind of a really good candidate for it because she's had her, her had a hysterectomy already. So now you don't have to worry about the bleeding part, which is really the deterrent for most women. They don't really want to consider rhythmic dosing because the last thing a woman wants in her mid fifties is to get her period back. <laughs> yeah. The, most of the time. Yeah. I have a handful of women that do want to get a period, but like you said, rhythmic dosing is you do have to change the dose every several days. So you have to keep like your calendar and your track. And that's not a hard thing to do. But the static dose, because you're doing the same thing every day, is a little bit more user friendly. So that would depend on the person. If I have somebody that's a little bit more particular on how they like to do things, they're like, oh, they're perfect for the rhythmic. And if I have some that are like, you know what, I can be a little flaky and forgetful, then we do the static dosing. So it all really boils down to the individual. And like I said with Michelle, I am actually surprised she didn't write on here that she, you know she wasn't having night sweats at night because that's one of the looking at her dose and that she was on Premarin and she's now, you know 52 and she's in you know her ovaries aren't definitely are menopausal. I'm surprised she's not having hot flashes and night sweats all night. What I hear a lot from women, they say that they're like hot and cold. The covers are coming on and off and on and off and on and off, which is what is waking them up. And now their sleep is completely disrupted. I would assume 
based on what you just said, I would assume that that's probably happening, but she didn't write it there. So then of course, the next day you're going to be exhausted because every night you try to go to bed, there's, there's no rest or re restoration. It's just this battle with your body, you know, so you're right. I'm, I'm surprised that she didn't mention that, but I would assume that some of those things are probably present. And then of course the weight gain, the weight gain, 40 pounds. I mean, how many women have we talked to over the years that no matter what they do, their lifestyles really don't change that much. All of a sudden they just put on a ton of weight like that, which of course is very frustrating because the weight goes on really easy, but getting that weight to come off is sometimes very challenging, very difficult as well. And that's definitely a product of the menopause because when it's kind of unusual, if the estrogen's too high, you can gain weight. And if the estrogen's too low, you can gain weight. So you have to really try to get it right in the middle. Yeah, we're trying to recreate what the body normally does when a woman is menstruating. Now, she had a hysterectomy, so more than likely there was either some fibroids in her past or some kind of a maybe an estrogen dominant kind of a situation, maybe, especially at the age of 36. We don't really have that backstory, but we could probably make some assumptions as to why she had that. So her cycle might have been a little bit more than likely her cycle was a little bit abnormal for, you know, for a while anyways. So the one last little comment about the testosterone, once the, uh, the sleep is better, the estrogen dose has been increased and she has some resolution, then would be when you and I would probably consider doing some testosterone. Once she's already feeling better, for the most part, significantly feeling better, then it would be a good opportunity to add in some testosterone. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Because if you think... Like right now, you'd say her estrogen is definitely way low. And then you throw in some testosterone. Who ends up at the top of the hormonal chain? It's the testosterone. So the testosterone ends up being dominant. So then you get these negative side effects because testosterone is a great hormone. All humans have it. Women have less of it than men. But if that testosterone is the dominant hormone running the show, that's where you'll see and women will get testy, you know, irritable. They'll have hair growth on their face, hair loss on their head. They'll have acne. And of course, all hormones are a steroid. Having too much steroid or steroid testosterone can also cause weight gain. Yeah, especially for a woman, uh, just because that's not the dominant hormone. So we like to be a little bit conservative. If she came to us as a new patient, you know, we would not put her on testosterone probably for at least a few months, probably 90 days or so, just to make sure that those other bases are covered and then contemplate. And honestly, at that point, when she's feeling better, she might not even need or want the testosterone. Yeah, she might not even need it. Especially, she said her, her levels were good on a blood test. I would assume then her levels are probably in the mid-20s, the low to mid-20s, something like that. Well, that's another issue, right? Because the reference ranges for testosterone are huge. On Quest, they're like 2 to 45. LabCorp, it's 6 to 55. So she could be anywhere on that continuum. But like you said, they weren't terrible enough to prescribe. They probably were around 20. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, when it comes to a lot of these hormones, especially when a woman is already in menopause, the levels... When you're starting the hormones, the levels don't really mean as much, right? It's more about once you're on the hormones and then testing after the fact, because if they're in menopause, you know their hormones are going to be low. Of course, across the board, there's going to be dysfunction across there because they're in menopause. It makes more sense to have that objective value or the objective value or objective levels make more sense once they're already taking hormones. So you have kind of a baseline and then you have the after effects once they're on them, because if they stop the hormones, then everything goes right back to basically zero or at least suboptimal because, and then that in conjunction with how they feel, it's uh, the numbers make more sense once they're actually doing something or taking something. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, really with Michelle, she says, I used to be a happy, healthy person. She is. She still is a happy, healthy person. It's just a few little tweaks here. And that would get, you know, everything would probably feel really good for her because I do love the fact that she stopped the Premarin. That is wonderful. It's just, you know, you know, having that transition, changing up that estrogen a little bit, getting her sleeping better, even just sleeping better will make her metabolism go up and then help her lose weight just in that regard. Yeah. And more estrogen plays a big role in helping the sleep. So another reason just, you know, and once that sleep is improved, like I said, then everything kind of trickles off the sleep. Her energy comes back, her mood comes back, her happiness comes back, her weight will start to go down or at least the potential. If you can't sleep or not sleeping well, that's the number one thing that we try to focus on if weight loss is your goal you have to sleep well at night otherwise the weight is almost impossible for that to lose your cortisol goes up your insulin sensitivity goes down all these things happen when you're not getting a good night's rest and then your body is just exposed to all this cortisol all the time and that's why a lot of these things are are going on the brain fog the weight gain all those things just kind of become a a runaway freight freight train so dr davidson do you have anything else to add about michelle or do you think that uh, we can call this one a wrap no this is this is great and thank you michelle for sending your question you you would wouldn't believe how many women are in the exact same situation that you're in and they have the same exact questions so i hope that this helps michelle which will also help probably other females out there that have some of the same symptoms or questions yeah so until next time i'm dr mackey i'm dr davidson take care bye-bye bye thank you for listening to the progress your health podcast If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.